This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacquer. Bicycle insurance powered by the community. Welcome to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport, the home of cycling. I'm Graham Wilgos. Joining me as ever, Sir Bradley Wiggins. Hello. Hello, Brad. Um, Sorry, I don't know. I never know how to <laughs> approach that one. I need to go, hi, how are you doing? I was with Gusto. It was great. Very good. Also, the star presenter of Eurosport's grand tour coverage, Orla Shenoui, is yeah, back. The star couldn't make it. I'm here. Thank, well, thank you for joining us. No, you're a star in this room, for sure. <laughs> Popping in before your flight home. Yes, yes. Um, so my, my weekly we will, routine. No. We will likely wave goodbye to you before, <laughs> the, before the end of the podcast so that you can make that flight. But you've come straight in from the breakaway. We have indeed. Uh, still going great guns. Yeah, we're still having fun, and aren't we? A, and straight into the pod. Also on the breakaway this week, Adam Blythe. How welcome, are you doing? Welcome back to the Bradley Thanks for having Show. Me. Former national champion, of course. A warm welcome back to you. Cheers. Um, Adam, I want to start with you because you've been exhibiting the finest, the brightest, the loudest, the most magnificent range. Uh, uh, excuse me. Of shirts. Competition here. <laughs> Orla's been on looking the, better on, than all of us. On the breakaway this week. I thought Orla was about to tell me they were hers. You, you borrowed it. But, <laughs> um, but try and do it justice for us. What are you wearing today? A pink He's got shirt. a black mask on with a zip over his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's turning into a very different show already. Yeah, kind of audience, no. Orla, bring this back for us. Make well, it respectful. How, how can I do that? How can we rule back this one? He's the breakaway. He's in his bright pink, is that plaid, or do we call that check? Check shirt. Hashtag ad. Browns men's. <laughs> oh, I'm, gla- I'm, I'm glad you've, it was it? I'm glad you've yeah. hashtagged that, because you, you, your shirts it's have been getting It's gross. important in audio to hashtag. <laughs> are you 30 yet? <laughs> no, not yet. Were you 30 this year? Yeah. Midlife crisis. Well, are you, you going to buy him a new shirt? No, no. It, I, as I always say, he's the only man that can pull it off. Mm. He's got the confidence, he's, the only he's got the swagger, <laughs> he's got the Johnny Bravo haircut. Yeah. But they've, they've got a bit of attention on Twitter, what you've been wearing. And so I, I wanted to start by talking a little bit about, because you, you all get, all three of you get a, a lot of love on Twitter. But there's also, yeah, you do, you do, you don't, you don't necessarily see it all, but, but it's, it's, all, it's all there. Right. But you also, there is also this sort of constant undercurrent of, of sort of slight un- unpleasantness or, or just sort of... Just t- Unaccountability, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and anonymous no, you know unaccountability. It, just, just it's reflective of society. Is that that is socially acceptable now to do that? But it's it's, it's the same as calling out in a crowd, isn't it? You, yeah, you, you wouldn't necessarily stand there and say it on your own. If, if and, you, and you don't want love and fakeness all the time. But you know, if someone disagrees with you over something, they don't have to call you. You know what they want to call you. Just because you don't have to disagree with, me, but just respect my opinion and disagree with me. But obviously, that's far too intelligent for a lot of people that sit on Twitter all day. They just want you, you f***ing idiot. 
<laughs> but you do have an intelligent approach to it because you advised me earlier to not even look at forums because I'm actually, I don't bother with forums. I well, they're even worse. I respond to Twitter and Instagram. And we had Daniel Lloyd on the breakaway during the week and he told me how you search your name and find it on a bike, on a well, on any kind of forum with quotation marks and whatnot. I've never done it. And I did it last night and I thought, oh no, this is a whole world of pain. I don't want to hole, know. And I said it to you earlier and you said, you know, just don't, just oh, don't, don't go there. Don't waste your time. Because the thing is as well, if you went into a pub and somebody said those things to you, you'd walk out. You wouldn't have a drink with them. Well, so why do we pay attention? The problem is, is that for me, I can't argue back because my contract, I can't seem to be arguing with someone. So if someone calls me out mm. and says, you're rubbish at this, or a lot of the times this week, you've got a <laughs> shirt on, you yeah. look ridiculous, this, that, and the other. love for the shirt. But I do, but it's what annoys me is that you can't say things back to them. I can't physically say, no. well, I got it out your grandmother's wardrobe or something <laughs> yeah. like that. But you can't say this stuff back to them, and it really frustrates me because they can say it to me, and they are almost in a position where they know I can't answer back. So it's just kind of like, it's like having a fight with Frank Bruno if you're... A tiny little midget, you know, you're yeah. never going to be able to win. Yeah, but I always think if you can just take a step back, it says more about them. Because yeah. can you imagine thinking, seeing a picture of someone and then thinking, I'm going to comment, I'm going to tell her what I think or I tell him what I think? You can't, can you? Or signing up to a Daily Mail co- com- to comment <laughs> or any other publication and be able to comment. I think that says more about you that you feel the need to do that. And I think people forget that you, you're an actual person who can take things personally and they, and they think maybe if you reach a certain level, like with you, Bradley, like with you, Adam, that you've got, you know, you've got it made, you've got your life sorted and so you can afford to take a little bit of Mickey taking or a little bit of abuse yeah. and it's all right for you because you'll still be fine and they forget that actually Perception you might dangerous. read things like this and you might be having, as we were saying earlier in the green room, you might be going through a terrible time in your life no one will ever know that. And you're not necessarily going to put that on social media or in the public. I hate to say it, but I think it is quite a British thing, you know, it's to, to pull people down. I don't know why we're talking so negatively to begin with, but yeah, I think it is. Orla, you get this a lot as well as a, as a journalist, of course, in a, in, in a sort of, well, what, you're not doing your job properly. Why didn't you ask this question? Why didn't you say this? You know? Yeah, all the time. And what I've learned on Twitter is that a lot of people who make those kinds of comments actually don't ever watch you and don't watch your reports. So I used to get a lot of abuse when I worked at Sky. I worked at Sky Sports News and I worked at Sky News before that. I'm a correspondent, news correspondent of like two, for too long, really. I'm not going to give away my age, but... 47. Oh, <laughs> you cheeky. But you get people then saying, oh, you should have asked this question, you should have asked that question. You think, hang on a minute, you've no idea about my background in investigative journalism. You've no idea what kind of things I've done before. But because, I mean, for me, I had to have Sky in my Twitter handle and it becomes, oh, you're a fangirl for the team. Yeah, and you just you just learn to take it, I guess, is what you do. And you keep on doing the job that you know you can do as best you can. So Adam in pink, as we've established, also in pink today, wearing the Malia Rosa still, is Richard Carapaz. It was a day for the break. Two talented riders stayed out pretty much all day. Dario Cataldo, the Astana rider, took it in a two-man sprint with Mattia Catania. The break had more than 15 minutes at one stage. Here's how Rob Hatch called it for us on Eurosport. 250 metres to go at the front of the race now as Carthy attacks from behind. It's Cataldo who's going to have to lead it out. Ten years he's been coming here looking for a stage win. Is today finally going to be the day? It's Cataldo from behind. Cataldo stays in the front. Cataldo's going to have it. Cataldo's going to have it. Ten years and finally he does it. Dario Cataldo, a stage winner at the Giro d'Italia. 
Cataniel second, four bonus seconds for Simon Yates in third. Then comes Carthy, Carapaz keeps pink, and Vincenzo Nibali has bitten in the lakes. Brad. Yeah. Cataldo's been around a long time, riding the service of others. Yeah. Uh, you were very happy for him today. Yeah, he's a lovely guy. He's a really good drawer, painter, artist. Spends a lot of time drawing in the bus, in the rooms, designs on his shoes, all these kind of things. He's just a really gentle, great athlete. I wouldn't say he's unlike most Italians because he doesn't really have an ego. He's a real family man, loves the sport. You saw what it meant to him at the end of the day today, and it, it will just... It will, carry that forever mm. what does he draw apart from designs on his um, shoes he doesn't draw what that lad was drawing yeah. in super bad he was draw. he draws um, anything really he's an artist yeah. what do artists draw that's <laughs> like a stupid question isn't it well I mean he could be well he could be, <laughs> a, la- he could be a landscape man he could be a no, people I think, I man he, he could like be birds and you know things like that yeah alright fair enough Adam good day two for Vincenzo Nibali mm, I'd say so I think he's just finding his feet a bit Nibali I think as Brad said when we're watching, he's a real bike racer. He's not one of these people that's really calculated. You don't know what's going to come from him. And I think today, he kind of knew the attack was coming on a descent, but he's going to keep attacking like this. And he's, as Brad said again, he's an old school rider. And I think he's impressed he's, us from day one, though, isn't he? Yeah, he's been on it. He's, and I, we haven't seen this Nibbly for a while. We what always left sort thinking? of like, is, where is he at? You know, is he going to come good in the last few days? I don't actually remember him being this good since he won in 2013, where he just dominated the Giro. Yeah. He could have come good at the Tour last year and had that unfortunate crash in Alpe d'Huez. And I felt like he was on the verge of showing us a bit of vintage Nibali, yeah. but not so much where we've got this classy racing day in, day out. And you just feel like he's the most polished of all the riders. But you know, I, I don't think you'd see this Nibali at the Tour because he rides on emotion and the Giro suits him a lot tour, better he's well. just he's like uninterested disinterested at all almost I know he's won it in the past but not the same passion for like today where the Tifosi are like right behind him you know yeah. this means the world to him this race I no one could stay with him either when he chose to go on the downhill yeah yeah not many yeah. people can keep up yeah. well he went on the uphill didn't he kind of got the gap yeah, yeah he, he took, has. I think uh, Rolich had just got back and I think he took he seized the moment there's no other rider like him really I think the beauty of this as well is this race in Italy really suits him a lot better than the Tour. The Tour is so controlled, Ineos now, but Sky, if they were in this race and they had Froome here and he was in a jersey, it'd be so controlled. Mm. No chance he could have got away today. They just kept riding him down, riding him down. But here, he can attack and they've not got the depth and the strength there that they can do that in the other team. So it, it suits him down to the ground. And, and I hate to say it, and I don't mean to be like Sky bashing because obviously I rode for him and all this, but... As a spectator, it's so refreshing watching racing like this without them, you know. And it, it really is, you know. I mean, we even with the Tour of Yorkshire the other week, it was like they were just dominant, and I just it's like I just love I love seeing it. And I think other teams race like that around them then. So we see it much more from other teams as well, trying to do the same at the Tour de France. And we see Movistar trying to do what they're doing really successfully at the Tour, but doing it well here. And it just feels more dynamic at the Giro. And I think it's partly because of the roads it's partly because of the history of the race but we've got such a wide open GC and we, we would say that anyway to big up the race but I really feel that in terms of GC this is one one of the most exciting because we can't say it's a two horse race a three horse race it's a it's an eight yeah. horse Mobis, race at Mobistar have got two horses still very much in this race as well they've still got Carapaz and they've got Lander in the top five mm. and they seem to be playing those two cards day by day one one day one the next Adam you think Carapaz looks in the better shape here don't you? Yeah, I'd say so. I think when you look at um, Lopez today, he tried to bridge across to that Carapaz and Nibali group and he didn't have Lander. the legs. Lander, sorry. 
I think it was a, just a, a silly mistake, you know. He's behind on GC and he just acted for a carrot for Roglic to just ride across to him. And he might have helped him just gain a few more seconds, but it's some kind of seconds at the end of the race. If it comes down to it in a time trial or something, then that will make the difference. And I think eventually Movistar are going to have to make a call and say, look, this is the leader. Yeah. Lander, I'm sorry, you're going to have to ride for him. Rather than, no, Lander's the leader, Lander's the leader. They've got a great guy in Carapaz at the moment who's doing such a great race that you, you need to say, no, you're the leader, we're riding for you. Going to free Lander. That might be dictated, though, if there's, I'd heard rumour that Lander might be leaving next year. Mm-hmm. Now, when someone's about to leave, it's like, well, we'd, well this, actually, we'd rather this guy because he's staying next year. You know what I mean? This might explain the fist bump between Vincenzo. I'm not saying he's going to that team but the fist pump the other day between Lander and Vincenzo mm. I don't know if Vincenzo's staying in the team or not well, no, see, well this, this is, is speculation yeah. Yeah. that um, Vincenzo's the, the, leaving Vincenzo may be going to Trek don't know how true this is and he was, sort of, the, he was getting criticised for that because of his age Yeah, but now we're seeing like the best one of the best Nibbles we've ever seen so you know, and actually going back to Nibble I was saying on, on screen just how he's a joy to watch mm. he's an absolute joy to watch and it's not sky bashing I profited from that system of course but we didn't get the same when Chris Froome did that last year. That it, it, it became, I think that's where it gets dehumanised by the likes of Dave Brailsford because it was a fueling strategy and it was this and it was that. And whereas Nibbly, it's like it, it, you're watching that and you're watching what it meant to, to Cataldo and it, that's, that's, that's what this race is about. And it's so good that these two are, because they're, 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 they're making it, that everything that we love about this race, the history, the copies, Gimondi, all this, they're making it emotional. And that's what Sky don't do. They dehumanise the race, take the emotion. Of course, this isn't me being a hypocrite. I obviously profited very highly from that. But now I see it, you come out of it. And that's just as a fan's perspective. But that's where I think it's it's unfair on what Froome did last year. Because watching that stage was the most human, passionate, I think, of display of aggressive riding. It was a true joy to watch. And if it had been someone else or on another team, Absolutely. it would have been applauded but in a totally different way. And it's sad, isn't because it? Because the first person we hear is not Froome. We hear about Dave because it becomes back to him. You mm. see, And that was, I think that's where Dave falls down in the sense that that's why the perception of Sky is that they're not very well liked. You know, and we want to hear from Cataldo there with his cat at the finish. We want to see him like the same way. No, but you do, don't you? You yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, you for want sure. To, come on, let's see. And we saw, like you said, Froome come across that line last year. You saw what it meant to him. Let's hear from him. You know, and I think that's where sometimes they fall down a bit, you know. Primoz Roglic is still second on GC, 47 seconds behind after today. He had a mechanical about 5Ks out. He didn't look comfortable beforehand. Adam, you were in the green room demanding that we recognise your greatness after you called this early. You said you shouldn't have the legs today. This is a podcast where we recognise greatness. The floor is yours. To be fair, last three days you should have. I called Simon. (laughs) You did. I called Roglic saying he looked bad yesterday. And today the break would stay but away. You know what? I don't so think Rolich. I don't think Rolich is not looking that good. I what, think Rolich is actually, Rolich. yeah, whatever you want to call him, <laughs> the, the ski jump fella, <laughs> Eddie the Eagle. He, um, I think he's he's maintaining his level. I just think Nibali is in another league at the moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Everyone's he got ruffled better, by yeah. the bike change, chasing on the back foot, ruffled by the crash. I said the other day, there's not much between them physically, but Nibali is a better racer. I said it the other day on TV, and that's what we're seeing at the moment. And, it, and it's Rolich will maintain that physically. He's an amazing athlete. Yeah, but he, he doesn't have the experience. He's only been riding five years, like you say. So there's a lot of things that he'll know every single thing about bike racing, but he won't have that knowledge and the history behind him that will help Nibali and these guys that they are real bike racers. He grew up doing this. So for them, it's second nature. Him, he has to practice these things. And it's not... 
he has to think about almost every move he makes, whereas Nibley knows exactly what he's well, doing. I, I think, think they're overthinking it, and I think he's got people in his ear telling him what to oh, do. For sure, yes, because he doesn't know, does he? I feel for his domestiques as well because they're young, but he doesn't have the team. He just doesn't. And so, if he had one of those things going on, then uh, but had a strong team around him, that would be enough. Okay. But when he's still learning and things aren't going quite right mechanically, and then he loses a little bit of confidence in the descent, yeah. and then not to have the team, that there are too many factors there. I think whereas. As I said, Nibali is just a polished rider who's got that experience and he just he's more on a level. He doesn't need to question things anymore. Mm. Nibali's in a great place as well. Roglic was in a superb place and he'd seem like... He still is. Every, well, exactly. But still is. it just seems like to me his luck has started to turn a little. Everything has gone his way up to this I point. Mean, Dumoulin's went, out. Well, he's had a perfect opening yeah. TT. Why is it luck? I mean, what you don't... There's no, no, no luck's put him in this position. He's had a crash. It's his physical exertion that's put him in this position. And it's not like his luck's running out. He had a bike change. These things happen. Mechanical. Nibali broke his back on Outdoors last mm. year when he we could we didn't, we didn't see the best of him, did we? Froome's crashed out the tour. We've all G's crashed out the tour. This happens. It's how you deal with it. Mm. Now he was on the back foot chasing, hearing Nibali's gone. Nibali's gone. We were talking about descending earlier. You know, you, you start breaking later into a corner, don't you? Mm. You overbreak. You skid a bit. You're breaking in corners, aren't you? And the idea is you break, take all your speed off before a corner and let it glide through the corner. Yeah. And one thing leads to another, and then all of a sudden he has the accident, and then it's panic stations again. You know, if that's his bad day, put it behind him. He's in a brilliant position with that. He's still got this time trial as his kind of insurance policy, so I think he's he's all right. To round up the GC men, one who's dropped out this week, Teo Gagan Hart. How do you sum up his, or how should he be looking at his Giro, his first as a team leader for for it Team is Ineos? What it is. You know. Take it as you found it. Don't be too disappointed. That's part and parcel of Grand Tour racing. You know, I think it's it's heart of Ineos to make him the team leader. He's only a young lad. He's never done a Grand Tour before. Mm. And I'm sure the pressure's not on there. But if they're saying he was the team leader, it's well, almost it was joint, wasn't it? I think with Siakov. Yeah, Siakov's doing what we hope Taylor would do, isn't he? Yeah. Actually. But it's yeah, almost it's such a weight on his shoulders for a second-year pro to be leading a team at the Giro. He probably hasn't even led a race before. I mean, he did... Tour of the Alps, and he was second and first with Sivakov. But that's only a, no offence to him, it's a small four or five day race in Italy without all the World Tour teams there. A Grand Tour is like a different kettle mm-hmm. of fish. And yeah. to have that pressure on him, it'll add up in every little thing that he does throughout the day. Am I doing this right? Am I doing that right? He's not learning from anyone there. He's... I don't think you'd add pressure on him, though. I think we're putting pressure on him. That's what I was talking. going to say, yeah. Because we're the ones that... who demand, who's the leader now? Who's the co-leader? Yeah, he, does, what's the role? he listens to this show, and I was texting him and saying, just... just but that's like, the thing know. is that if we're putting pressure on him, the whole of England will be putting pressure on him also, and that will get you eventually. It's not just the team, it's everything else around cycling that will make things hard for him, I think. Eventually, no matter what happens, he will learn from this one way or the other, because that's what happens in the, in yeah. when you're Absolutely. hit with adversity. You always learn something, so... it you know, to put a positive spin on it. It can only be a good thing, really, mm. ultimately. And Simon Yates, to, to round off the, mm. on, on, on the British riders, on the GC men, he'll be going into this rest day, Monday's rest day, with his tail up after after yesterday's performance, after coming in the, the top three today. Yeah. How, yeah. Do, how do you feel about Well, he's Simon? turned it around. He's turned everything around, you know, from three or four days ago, where even I thought it might have been over for him, because I couldn't see how those time trial performance and the, that mountain stage performance... You know, I just he's not got this, but he surprised me, and it just shows you how how good he is. I've been bigging him up all year. He's resilient. He's no nonsense. You watch his interviews. He's just he's non-committal. He's just yeah, you know, you know just he doesn't really you know he doesn't overthink it. Mm. You know, he just sort of says what's in his mind, and there's nothing. He's not you know. I talked about Cataldo overthinking things. I don't think Simon overthinks things, and it's not 
the best days you have in these grand tours that you've got to deal with is how you deal with the worst days mm. and the disappointment and pick yourself up and put it behind you. He's at 5 minutes 24. We thought it could be a lot more, certainly the, the way this week has gone. He's pulled it back this weekend. He's got Matt White on his side as yeah. his DS. How important is Matt White to him in, Matt's this, in this final week? Matt's superb. He, you know, he's just... He's an Aussie, and there's something about there's something about an Australian voice that I don't know. There's there's again there's a no nonsense with them. There's a there's an upbeatness with them. There's a there's a positivity. I, I don't know what it is. I'm half Australian, and they, they, you know they kind of always look on the bright side of life, and you know they, they they're very they're good to be about Aussies. They're you know they're, they're grafters by naturally. They're grafters. They're they're proud. They're all patriotic to the country. And um, when you're in a team of Aussies and a few of them get round you, they're actually quite a motivational, inspirational mm. bunch. And he's in a great team for that, you know. And we talk about the team he's in, the team Rolich is in now. And why he why he's quite defensive and quite he get, almost gets quite angry in some interviews. And he goes, mm. like last year, I remember they asked him, Adam, uh, Adam crashed on the descent of the tour. And they said, how much do you think he would have needed to win the stage? And he's like... I'm not David Copperfield, mate. You know, <laughs> and he's quite like the other day we interviewed Matt Simon. He's going, no, we'll be all right. Look, a lot of guys, you know, it's just that. Look, this would have hurt a lot of guys today. You know, take puts it in perspective. It's that positive yes, message. Yes, this hurt well. Simon today, and he's lost time. But I think the race. He said the race has caught up with a lot of people today. Don't think he's on his own feeling like that. Mm. And there's there's still a lot of racing to go. You know, he's just that positive. It, just put it behind. He's very wise, isn't he? He's not sitting there going, intense, that's, no, but well, that, that's the difference. So contrast him for intense, us for, yeah. with, with Addy Engels yeah. at Jumbo Visma. Terrible. And he's, he's the man who's in Roglic's ear now. You know, Addy is a lovely guy. I used to race with him. You know, he's, he's a great guy, really nice guy. But I do question sometimes, you know, what, what qualifies you to be in this position now as a DS at an important stage of man managing people's emotions and that through a third week of something, a tour? People, you retire, people are you going to be a DS? Yeah, I might do. Go and do a DS then. You know, it's like you've got no qualifications other than oh, I used to race, you know. It almost, if you think, I don't know if there are any DSs, I mean, Manolo Size used to be around Anse, that are DSs that never used to race, that are actually really good. Because some of the best football managers never played football. And I, I kind of wonder that with cycling. Like, it's it's a natural pathway that ex-cyclist DS... Now, not the best riders don't always make the best DSs. Nicholas Portal, brilliant DS. So I, I wouldn't go and do a DS job. I think it's too hard. I wouldn't want to do that. A brilliant DS we, we, we've we spoken about before, Johan Brunil. Yes. You spoke to him a little bit this week. Yeah, I always speak to him. You know, he's, um, he loves cycling. He's got great insights. I know, I know people go, ooh. I, I'm intrigued by his opinion on things. And I, I asked him, you know, because what do you think about Adi? He goes, he looks like a broken man yeah you know and but Rolich super cool great guy I love this guy it should be the other way around mm. yeah you know and I think that's why I worry for Rolich it's like I said it about like, Campanuts last week you know you're sort of sitting there watching this you're going, you, you, you deserve more than that you know Addy if you're not up to the job mate go home bring someone else in and why do we keep putting him in front of the telly? Well, is that it? I'm putting the questions out there. I'm not slagging anyone off or having a go, but I'm just saying, like, these riders, we talk about stage wins. Simon said it last week. This is his career. He's lost a stage win now, Campanots, mm. because of that. Does he just accept that? 
or does he demand more of the people that are working around him? It is Ali's choice if he wants to speak or not, though, because you will go to a team bus in the morning. You will say, you might ask three people on the team if they'll have a word. One mm. of them says yes, you go with them. It's whoever says yes. Everyone else who says no obviously doesn't go on camera. So if he doesn't feel comfortable with that, it's up to him to delegate to someone else. Or as but lots they, of teams just yeah. do, they just say, listen, we're busy this morning. We've got a big day. But they have PR people, don't they? Mm. Do they not advise him? Yeah, but not all of them get it right, I guess. Yeah. I mean, what what he is doing, Addy, is he's been wearing his heart on his sleeve. He's showing everything. He's being honest. But I tell you now, Bahrain and that will be watching it going, Whoa, you know, mm. like them guys, you know what they're like, the Italians, they'll jump on this because there's chaos there. Can you imagine what he's saying in his ear? I'm telling you, Vince, they're rattled. You know? Because the Dutch are very direct. They, can't, they don't play games. They tell you what they're feeling. They tell you what they're thinking. And, and that doesn't necessarily work when you're leading mm. the, the pre-race favourite of the Giro d'Italia. Brad, Third week of a Grand Tour, as a GC rider, what do you want to be hearing from your, from your DS? What do you want from your team, particularly when yeah. you're going into the rest day? You've been in this position. Brad, you've dropped everyone. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> you're on fire. Um, no, I mean, look, you just hopefully the continuation of what you've been doing for the first two weeks, you just treat every day the same. Yeah. That's what we did at Sky. You know, don't when you have a high, don't get too carried away. That, I mean, it's, when you look back, you think, well, we never celebrated anything. And that's a shame. We didn't enjoy the moments, you know, but it was part of how we had. That's why we could go from race to race and win. Great, you won, brilliant. Yeah, and tomorrow's another day. And we got that attitude from the Olympics, trying to win three Olympic golds in one. Win the individual pursuit first night, come back, medal in the draw, right? Team pursuit qualifying in tomorrow. Team pursuit gold, medal in the draw, right? Madison in two days' time, you know. And you're not celebrating. The guys are all getting their rubbish clothes on to go out partying. Team pursuiters, but I got the Madison tomorrow with Cav, and. That was the attitude we took into into road racing. You know, we don't. Why should we? I talked about peaks the other week. Why should we peak for the Tour de France? No, just win Paris East and go all the way through. You know, but we're not going to celebrate and go out after every win. Just trick day by day. You know, tick tick the boxes. Get to the Olympic trial. So I win that and look back. I won everything this year. <laughs> no, you party. Then you make three months partying. Then, <laughs> but um, that's what Ineos Sky. I hate this name. Why can they have an easy name? Ineos Haribo. Get used to it. Team so Haribo. Well. From now on, on my show, they're called Team Haribo. So Team Haribo, that's instilled in them now. It's ingrained in them. Yeah. And it. T- I was saying, you know, it's the balance between: would well, you want to win races, or do you want to, you know, it's a, you know, or do you want to have emotional great moments with your mates and all that? Or, but they're not your mates because you're never going to see them again after you're just colleagues. And it's brutal, and it takes away the romantic side of it. But I would never have won all those races, haven't I? Not been like that, mm. you know. That's how I won the tour. That's how G's won the tour in, because of that system. And I don't know what the answer is because you, you, I'm thinking here as a viewer, as a spectator. But I know what it's like to be in it as well. It's it's very hard. Okay, um, just look ahead, team, to the final week for us. What are we expecting in terms of the GC? How's it going to shape up? Who are we going to see fall away? Who are we going to see rise to the top? Impossible to say. And I think that's what makes this final week really, really exciting. I was hoping we'd be in this situation because we still have enough riders in the top 10, like Simon Yates, who've got enough time that they still have to launch those do or die attacks. And we've seen it a few times with him today. He didn't manage to stay away. But every second that will be gained in this year d'Italia will be will be won on grit, hard work and absolute persistence. Nothing is going to be gifted. I think if Simon Yates keeps doing what he's doing, brilliant. Nibali, amazing. I think Rafa Micah is a real danger. He's doing everything just right. He lost a little bit of time today, but 
other than that, doing brilliantly. I went for Roglic at the start. And I don't know. I'm just I'm going on gut. I'm not sure he's going to do it anymore. I think Nibali. I think for the, the the fact that he's Roglic has still got the TT to come. You've still got. Are we are we not still looking at Movistar Adam to launch attacks from Landa to launch attacks from Carapaz because they know they need time in order to still be competitive after the TT. Yeah, but you have to remember Landa's in a position where he can't really attack. Mm-hmm. Like, why does he need to attack? He doesn't. They've got the jersey. He needs to be there to support him in case anyone does attack. Mm. It's not that way around that Landa's going to go on the attack and try and get time back. He's there to help Carapaz and make sure he doesn't lose any more time but like Ola said it's such a hard prediction to to know what's going to win and if we knew that then we'd be flipping great DS's just yeah. watch him because he's going to win but also um, Lander would have revelled in the Garvia being included wouldn't he because yeah. Yeah. that that <clears throat> People could lose, lose their races there yeah, yeah, and Landa yeah. could have profited from that. So he's got one less big obstacle to maybe kind of dislodge his teammate or hope that his teammate blows up so he could try and win the race. Top three, yeah. though. Carapaz, Nibali, Yates. That's my top three. Yeah. Mm. Well, I actually think Rolich will hold on to it. I think he'll either uh, Rolich, Nibali, Yates. Yeah, Rolich has still got a minute. Mm. This day after the rest, day, I think, is going to decide mm-hmm. what it looks like. I here. think he'll explode. I just think he'll have a few bad days and that'll be been right so far. DS already looks like he's feeling the pressure, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, don't, I just you, That's why it's so good, isn't it? Yeah. We just don't know. You know, we, I mean, so Simon and I brought him off two days ago. I packed his suitcase for him and everything. <laughs> Bought him an air ticket. <laughs> and he's back in the race. So good job he didn't listen to me. Or good job I won't his DS. <laughs> okay, more to come on the Bradley Wiggins Show right after this. Cycling fans across Europe will be able to watch all three Grand Tours live on Eurosport and Eurosport Player, available on the app and online via eurosport.co.uk. Eurosport Player also allows viewers to catch up and relive all the action on demand. Eurosport will bring fans unrivaled expertise and analysis from all the best moments of the Giro d'Italia, Tour de France and Vuelta España. Try it for yourself on the app or at eurosport.co.uk. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport in association with Lacquer. Last week on the podcast, we talked about Victor Campanat's his comedy bike change mm. during the time trial. The mechanic didn't get it right. He pushed Victor Campanat's before he was even back on his new bike, having discarded the one he was on. Then he didn't push him when he yeah. did eventually manage like to mount, and Benny a couple of Hill fans sketch, had to come it? in. It was, like, it was a bit of music needed, over it. It'd have been a bit of a... <laughs> it sort of needed the music. But Brad, you said on the pod last week that Lotto Sudal were, were guilty of at times no, they acting, cost him the stage. acting like it's 1974 they cost him the stage yeah now before we before we bring you in on this I just want to give you Victor's response to, to your comments so he said I think it's a really good podcast first of all thank a you really interesting listener so thanks Victor he also said of course we are quite a traditional team compared to Michelin Scott Sky, obviously Ineos, um, or Sunweb, teams like that. But I think we've taken some really big steps in terms of taking a scientific approach. I'm definitely not as good a cyclist as Bradley Wiggins is, but I broke his hour record just because we did it more scientifically than he did. He also said, I don't think he saw how we broke the hour record as a team. We broke his effing record, didn't we? Now, that last bit, I think, was to the Belgian press. It seems like... This is this is a case of taking one particular quote and then throwing it out of context. But you've spoken to him since, haven't you? You've spoken no, to but I, since I spoke to him last night. Yeah, I'm always I'm a big fan of him. I said I think it's great that he's broke the record. I, what I'm, I was criticising that incident because he should demand more of the people around him. The people I had around me when I won my biggest races, my mechanic Diego, my masseur Mario, Diego would he'd cherish my bike. He'd be in the, the truck till midnight polishing it. 
he slept with the thing. You know, he, he would be in nervous wreck before. Can you tell us about this one? Yeah, nervous wreck. No. <laughs> no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, no, no, he was a nervous wreck before the race because all his things, I don't want anything to happen to the bike. I don't want anything to happen to the bike. And the relief after this, he'd be in tears because I'd won and, and he'd done his job. Yeah. And I'd seen the level. Like, that's the, that's the standard, right? That's the standard, mate. Yeah. And it's okay to demand more from people. And I said That's... to Victor last night, because he was asking me you know, about, you know, I like, I want to stay there. And, that. and what he said there, he's not going to say, yeah, he's right. He said, I'm 1974. I'm more like 1975, actually. <laughs> um, and I'm not criticizing. I know Kevin DeWitt. I spoke to Kevin in the lead up to it. They were asking me advice. Kevin DeWitt, ex-pro, uh, ex I used to race with him at Cofidis. Great guy, brilliant brain. I'm not criticizing his team of people around him at the hour record. They did a great job. You know, and the Belgian press are twisting this a bit. They've gone to him and said, you know, lost in translation a bit. And this is about that incident. You know, that incident cost him a stage win. And as Simon said last week, that's his career. You know, well, and, and I know they were, they, I'll tell you one thing. Lotto, the 74 bunch, were upset with Victor that he wasn't racing much early in the season because he was spending so much time on this hour record project. He got the hour record project and they're like, come back racing, you got the Giro now. And they're, they're like, come on in, we want you to win a race now because you you've been doing that all year. And he was about to win a race and they let him down. So I said to Victor, stay there, but just take control of the situation more. Take leadership. Don't expect that they're going to do it. Mm. Demand more of them. I'm here, I'm going to re-sign because I like it. I'm patriotic. I like Lotto, but I need this team of people around me. I don't want a different mechanic every race. I want this guy because I trust him and I've seen him work. He don't drink at night. Diego and all these guys, they wouldn't drink. You know, It's like, no, we'll drink when we get home. And I've seen the stand. It's like Manchester City, or if you want to put put it in relation to football, and that what Pep Guardiola demands of his Roy Keane's criticism of Manchester United, what he demands of players, and that's what cycling is. And you know, you only get one shot. Mm. And if your bike failed, your bike failed. That happens. But they cop the pit change up. You know. So it's a bit naughty of Belgium. They're kind of twisting it all about the air record. I'm not slagging it. Slag I think that. with it is, though, when you read it, it sounds a lot worse. When you watch him saying it, yeah. it's like saying it in a joke, you know, hey, I broke his hour record, you know. It's not like it's Good not like you. he was... Do you want a medal? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> no, but I'm saying, I, I, brilliant, it's moved the sport on. But I think the way that he was saying it was kind of like... But we're doing it oh, through a third party. Yeah, I could get like... Victor on the phone now, let's clear, you know, talk properly. Without a third party that speaks a different language sure. in between going, uh, Bradley said that uh, your team is full of... <laughs> you don't know what they said to him. Yeah. You know, and that's really bad. That's that's some journalist for you. I guess, you know. Or we see this we see this a lot, don't we? We see uh, a journalist taking a, a headline or a, a certain phrase out of context that has appeared elsewhere where if you see it in its in the round then you put a completely different spin on it, but these things taken in isolation, it's a classic sort of, you know, this is how we're going to get our headline kind of tactic. Yeah, and to be fair, that's the journalist's job. And you've got different ways of getting stories. You can go down the investigative journalism route. To get stories usually in sport, you'll try to make solid contacts with people. And so you get stories directly from people, but they're not that sort of tit-for-tat kind of bigging athletes up against each other. But in a way, that, you know, that's, we're doing it now. We've taken what Victor said and now we're reacting to it and then that gives something else to yeah. feed off and the whole thing becomes self-perpetuating. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. I think the problem is, we've discussed this before, whenever the athlete involved in it 
doesn't take that distance and mm. sees it all as being blowing up in their face and, and can't take a step back from it. Once you take a step back and you realise everybody's just playing a bit of a game, that's yeah. what it is. We, we spoke then, about this at the beginning of the tour, didn't we? With, uh, but nib- do you know what, like with that, like Victor's got a brain yeah. and, and he, he contacted you, Adam, and said, can I have Bradley's number? Yeah, and he's contacted me and there's no problem. You, know, you don't know what tone it was. I say a lot of things sarcastically sure. and it gets reported as, you know, Wiggins mocks marginal gains. It's not, you know, just I say it like it's my sarcasm. Mm. And, you know, it's half the problem with this stuff. You know, it's, it's that kind of making a story and obviously lost in translation. So Contador said something to me the other week. Someone said, what do you think about that? I said, well, I don't know because it's in Spanish. Mm. You know, did he actually say that? You know, and I, and I think it's hard. We did talk about it the other week and I said, that's why riders don't bother getting involved mm. in this kind of, you know, to in and fro in and building hyping stuff because... You don't actually know what that person said. But at the same time, I think from a journalist and a fan's point of view, there is a a place for all of that because it spices the sport up a little bit. And we're always looking at ways of bringing out personalities. As long as the personalities involved are strong enough and solid enough and confident enough to be able to deal with any comeback from it. But it does it. It gets us interested. We love it when boxers are, you know, high. Conor McGregor. Well, yeah. Yeah, it's best to it, isn't he? So, you know, I, I don't think it's a bad thing necessarily um, no. as long as it's all taken in context and it's all seen as as a sport beyond the sport you know it's a bit of a sideshow to the sport itself which is happening on the road well no harm done and Victor please keep listening all back on a level plane <laughs> da- downloading <laughs> subscribing I love you <laughs> Uh, elsewhere in the peloton for headlines this week, Marco Haller, the Katusha Alperson rider, uh, fronted up a fan with some choice language after a spectator tried to snatch a bead on out of his mouth after stage 12. What do you say? Hold my beer. We've got the clip here. F- you! What the f is wrong with you? You're all taking out on my f***ing hand, you f***ing idiot. I knock you down, you f***ing... Brad... Is it fair to side with Marco Haller on this one? I mean, it's it's a pretty confrontational thing for anyone to do, snatch a bottle out of your mouth while you're on a bicycle. I could see it from his point of view, and someone's grabbed his bottle and it's probably hurt him, he's like, and you react, you know, and if someone hurt, if I punched you on the arm now, it probably wouldn't hurt, but if I punched you on the arm now, you know, you go, what are you doing, you know? And I can unsee it from his point of view, but I can see it that, you know, we should say, well, you know, you're representing the sponsors and you shouldn't do that, but... These guys are just written six hours. It, you, That's the thing. It yeah. is hard, isn't it? If you ride six hours and You're someone, only human, aren't you? So after every stage, you normally have a bottle or something left on your bike. And mainly people look for little kids to give them to because it's a nice thing. Here's a little bottle for yeah. you, a nice present or whatever. Then you get these fans, not even fans, just people that want a free bottle to just go to the gym with or whatever. They come along and they try to snatch it off you, get it off your bike. You saw that Robin McEwen ages ago. Some guy snapped his bike because he tried to get it out of his bottle cage when he was riding along and broke his bike. So it's like stupid things like these. You don't know how long I've had it in his mouth. He ripped it out. He might have had caps on his teeth. Yeah, yeah. He might have just yeah. ripped But them also, he'd probably been so given stupid. that after the finish, maybe with his recovery drink. Yeah. And it, it begs the question again, well, that's not his fault. We should protect these guys more. It's literally like going to the pub, yeah. seeing Johnny well, over there really. with a pint, and then going, really. I'll have that pint. <laughs> well, not really, but... <laughs> <laughs> And I've said before, part of the beauty of the sport is the access that you get to the riders. You do not get it in football. You don't get it yeah. in team sports, in field sports. The wonderful thing about it as a fan, as a journalist, is you can get right up to the riders and you can chat to them, you know? Mm. The more fan, fans, in inverted commas, who do ridiculous things like this or take their selfies up out the doors, get a camera strap in the way of whatever it is, get in the way of the sport, then the yeah. more there are calls for protection of the riders. And that's the last thing that anybody wants. The riders don't want it, I don't think. The fans don't want it. The journalists don't want it. 
people just have to grow up a little bit, I think, and be a little bit sensible and treat treat riders as human beings. Hmm. They're not a commodity. Hmm. And then, yeah, if everyone's a bit more grown up, then... But they do go crazy for bottles, don't they, some people? like It is like... Bead on band, as Brian men, Smith called Grown, weird men yeah. with rucksacks on. <laughs> yeah. You know, that just like... The go, they'll on, yeah. push kids out of the way for them, won't they? It's, it's, it's ridiculous, It's, it's yeah. a funny old world. Adam, any uh, peculiar or uh, outrageous fan interactions stand out for you? Uh, not really that I can remember, no. You've probably got a lot more than I have, but I mean, there's not much. It's just happen. Yeah, we've talked about Cabs had a few incidents with mm. spectators, and he takes it personally. He takes the abuse personally. He, you know, he just right, don't disrespect me. I don't come to your workplace and disrespect you. That's how he looks at it. Yeah, except he right. did that time. Do you remember? He took the he took the the microphone off a journalist oh, did, yeah. and went into the team boss with it, which is actually the equivalent in reverse. He asked a question that Mark wasn't happy with, so he. Swiped yeah. the microphone, he had a, went into the bus. Yeah. He's, he's, he's prone anger. to a massive brain fart sometimes. <laughs> yeah. and, he got it back. I but, think um, it you know, it's just the pressure, isn't it, that they're living under as well, you know. So I think sometimes it's just, it is it's so odd. And I don't know what the answer is to it because, you know, but, but it, it happens. Like you said the beauty of our sport. You can get so close to it. And it is such a nice thing. If you can get so close to one of your heroes or something, then it's amazing. Mm. And it is hard in yeah, that yeah. situation. If you've got, say, Nibbly, he'll have like hundreds oh, of people of after the stage there, like trying to t- just touch him because mm. he's Vincenzo yeah. Nibbly. And I think that's as part of who he is. He has to accept that and he has to deal with it. But yeah, taking a bottle from someone's mouth when they're riding along, it's just. Yeah, but you imagine that happened in football. We saw what happened to Jack Grealish, didn't we? That, you know, I know that was a hit. Mm. But we, the, we, the we do, the, the, riot, yeah, the fo- footballers are kind of, it's outrage. Mm. What are we going to do? Shut the stadium, you know, all this, you know, and cycling, we just kind of put up with it, yeah. you know, we just, uh, well, you know, and it's, it's tough, it's a hard one. Okay, on that note, more to come on the Bradley Wiggins Show right after this. Listeners, it's time to tell you a bit more about our sponsor, Lacquer. Lacquer is a smarter way of insuring your bike and your gear. It's a community of cyclists joining together to save each other money. Lacquer covers all the basics like theft and accidental loss and damage, both at home and abroad. It'll also cover you in sportives and competition races, so long as you're not riding in the pro peloton. How does Lacquer work, you ask? Well, instead of charging you a fixed premium, with Lacquer you only pay a small share of the community's claims cost, and your share is proportionate to how much you insure. Lacquer locks in a maximum price cap to make sure there are no nasty surprises, even in months with lots of claims amongst the community. And when there are no claims that month, you could even pay nothing at all. Rest assured, claims are accepted fast, usually within 24 hours. On average, Lacquer's members have saved 61% on bike insurance. So why don't you investigate the benefits for yourself? Find out more at lacquer.co.uk and enter the promo code WIGGINS to get £10 off. That's laka.co.uk and the promo code WIGGINS. Welcome back to the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. We're sad to say Orla has now left us. She will be back, however, on our screens from Tuesday for the breakaway and also fronting the final week of our Giro d'Italia coverage. Chaps, this week on the breakaway, we've had an awful lot to talk about. Adam, one of the things that you have been chatting about with uh, Orla and the team was roommates. Um, Obviously, you spend an awful lot of time with your colleagues at, at different races throughout the year. We'll do a bit of a quick fire round to finish, but set it up for us. Your your best roommate, Thomas De Gent or Oscar Gatto? Probably. Why, why so? Thomas De Gent, I just get along great with, and he's just chilled. You know, I think it's different for everyone. Everyone's got their own preference in who's a good roommate. You might like something. I might like I like listening to music in a room, but Brad might not like my music or something like that. If we're in a room together, so. You can like someone but hate being in a room with them, if that makes sense. And with Thomas, you just get along with him dead easy and 
Oscar, he didn't speak much English, so he was just dead calm and he was he was good. I remember I did Tour of California one year and um, my missus was at the race working and I just stayed in her room because she was my missus. And Oscar did my washing every day, ironed my clothes, all that kind of stuff. And I didn't ask him to, but he just did it. And I was like, this is better than living at home, this, That's mate. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was a good roommate, but um, it's different for everyone. Some are, some are I like, someone might hate. So, yes, yeah, very different. Brad? Uh, I, Bernie Eisel, he was. Such everyone, a, everyone loves Bernie. Yeah, a just Bernie, a lovely guy. Housewife's favourite, isn't he? You know, really like, you know, aware of you, a space, you know, mm-hmm. kind of your own space, just. When you've got to live with someone for basically three weeks on a grand tour, you know, you kind of, it's easy to get sick of each other. And it's, it's the only, I think it's, I don't know football, football like, you know, very rarely that, you know, grown men have to share a room, you know, in, in tiny little campanils and things. And That's a bit, It's not just sharing a room. You are literally, some days you can't even open a suitcase yeah. in the room. So you have, literally have to have two suitcases uh, you know, in there. You have to share a tiny bathroom. And we're all, I'm not trying to be horrible, but you've got to share a bathroom and it's just a small, horrible place to be. You get be. to know someone, you really get to know someone. Yeah, in that you, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. you do, definitely do. And like, you know, with Bernie, has got children, so, you know, you go speak to your wife and kids in the evening yeah. and you know he's going to do that. And when you start doing that, he might put his headphones on so he gives you privacy or you, he'll walk out the room, stuff like that. When you're with, with someone a bit younger, they've got music blaring or they'll, you know, just... It's just that understanding of each mm. other's lives, I think, and a kind of. And I think it's also trusting the person because in the room, you might say something in a room that's like so private to you, yeah. and you're just putting your trust in them. Going, yeah. God, I really hope he doesn't mention this again. And it's hard to find that with someone, unless they're not your mates. Like with some people, it's dead easy because they're your mates. But other times, you're just like, God, I really don't want to say this to someone. Then you have to go out in the corridor, and it's just a nightmare sometimes if you had the wrong roommate. Were you given the pick as, as GC? Yeah, you, you, on a grand tour. Well, on a grand tour, you can t- tend to pick who you yeah. who you room with, you know. But when it used to be nine riders, so there was always one who had his own room. When you got to a bigger level, I kind of I liked my own space, my mm. own room. You could talk to your kids in the evening, do what you want, you know, kind of. And I just I think that was it. it just it's better. But some people like Cav can't room on his own. He has to be yeah, with yeah, someone. Has to be, with has him, to be yeah. around people. He can't. You go crazy on his own, won't he? Yeah. He just, he just, and and Bernie's like the calming figure for him. You know, Bernie's like he's kind of almost like his wife on the road. You know, do you want a massage, Kev? <laughs> no, not quite. But you know, he's like probably folds Kev's clothes and yeah. I think he just calms him down. They, you know? I think you talk about trust. They're really comfortable with each other's yeah, yeah, company. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Someone, someone's going to give him a bit of uh, pastoral care, maybe. So, I think it's just someone to vent to. Like after a day, it's stressful on a bike, and if you've yeah. gone back and you're not happy with something, it's sort of like unloading on him. You could just be like. Now this head's doing my head in. Or if someone in the team's doing your head in as well, it's that one person you can sort of vent at because they're there in front of you. And some people might hate it. <laughs> it's funny the teams that don't give a choice and they think that it's building bonds within the team by mixing it up every day. And it's like you'll get to the hotel and where's the room listed on the list? Oh, f- come in with Jack yeah. or whoever it is. I don't know. You know. And then they'll go secretly to this one and go, "Can you change room? Because I have to go in with him." You know, this is another thing with bike riding. You do that, but then that person will question, "Oh, why have I changed? Is, is there a problem or something like that?" Do I like, smell? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that goes with swan years as well. And you like, feel bad, but it's like, come on, like just is that much? To, I like you. Yeah. I just don't want to sleep. But yeah. this is also the thing with like swan years. You can have a massage of someone, and you might hate that massage. Every yeah. massage is different. Then if you go to someone and say, "Look, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to go with him," automatically they'll be like, "Oh, is something wrong? What's wrong with my massage?" And you're like. There's nothing wrong Rubbish. with it, but it's just not for yeah, me. No, it is, it and is. that creates tension in the team. And Preference, I think, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but a team can get so... The animosity in the team over three weeks, if you're something's going wrong at home and you're away and all that kind of stuff, if, say, 
a week in, he's like, oh, I don't like your massage. And that'll bring them down even more and that'll make them angry and it'll just make them do a ter- not a worse job, basically, in what they're doing every day. And that's the kind of stuff that will affect a whole team as one in a, in a long race. We've covered best roommates. I don't expect you to name names on worst roommates, but maybe you could pick out a few uh, worst well, habits. It's not that they're worst. I mean, I could just remember rooming with a guy called um, Dimitri something or other. I can't remember his name. now. I was credit. I got 2005 Giro. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was Kazakhstan. He didn't the Kazakhstan by nature, you know, not generalizing too much, or, but they're quite a quiet nation. They're quite, quite, and he obviously didn't speak much English, and and the cultures are so different that you just clash, you know, mm-hmm. and so you end up not talking to each other, not because you're moody or out of choice. It's just you have nothing in common to talk about, aside from not having a common language to talk in either, and so I think we best spent the best part of three weeks. Not talking. Not talking to each other. And, but that suited me because it's like, I don't want to make small talk, mate, yeah. about what the dinner was like tonight, or which sort of is quite nice, actually, in oh, a way. I love it. In, in some and ways, he felt it's... the same. And it's no, there's no awkwardness. It's just like, yeah, and it's, yeah, it's actually yeah, quite yeah. good. So it's not the worst teammate, but it's, it's when I look back, it's like, you know, you spend three weeks with somebody you don't talk to. But it is kind of weird. I sometimes if you get a bad roommate as such, they can also be the best because you just sort of... It's like they're not in the room a lot of the time. It's like they're there, but you don't sort of act. It's not that you don't acknowledge them, but you just don't have to speak to them, and they're fine with that. And it's kind of nice. You might want to switch off, and it's more awkward if you want to do that, but they keep asking you questions. Oh, sure, the dinner was nice tonight, and all that. And you're just like, oh, really, mate? We're in a room together for the next two weeks. We don't need to talk about if dinner's nice. I heard, I never shared with Jeremy Hunt, but apparently Jeremy Hunt and Old Pro was just like, a, he'd open his suitcase, and it'd be like... Yeah, just explode. <laughs> So you get people that are messy, and if you're tidy, I think that that obviously grates on people. But mm. in general, I think it's actually all right. You know, most people, you, you know, you could, you should be able to choose as well, shouldn't you? Really, you know. I, de- I think if you can, if we de- imagine you're in a go on holiday with like a group of lads, and someone says no, you have to share with him. It's like my best mate's there. Why can't I share with him? We both get along well. It's just yeah. a weird thing how they won't let you share, mm. won't let you choose who you share with. Just to end on antisocial habits, Adam, this is a story you brought up earlier in the mm. green room. You left the British Cycling Academy program in Italy uh, back in the day by yeah. mutual consent. Those, never made those... it to Italy, actually. It was, Did I, you not? No, I've never, <laughs> never got that far. Uh, so there's, there's usually a, a story to tell when we hear by mutual consent. So, yeah. so tell, us, tell us what happened. First off, I got on the academy and it was day one, moved all my stuff in. And before we went on the academy, we had to like, produce a training program for a week. And I, I was, I'm still not a training program sort of guy. And we had to write down what you're doing a week building up to a race. And I just had like a, a word program. And I put Tuesday, two hours, Wednesday, three hours, Thursday, just really basic stuff. And I got there and it wasn't good enough for Rod Ellingworth at the time. So I got there first day, got kicked off, suspended. Well, this isn't a good start. Went back in and then we used to live in Fallowfields and we're all 18, 19, maybe 20 year old lads. And it is like in Manchester, Fallowfields is like, living in vodka rev basically you were hmm. literally on your door and we didn't have internet and we had to send training programs in and the only place that was internet was mcdonald's and vodka rev so of course we're gonna go to vodka rev aren't we? we're not gonna go to Mackey's into vodka revs should we have a drink let's have a drink so it's one night we all ended up getting pissed. one thing led to another and dowsett's room got trashed and it's a bit <laughs> of a long story really and then yeah uh about 10 of us got kicked off for that and then we all came back and then what was the final straw I uh, trumped in Italian and that was it but I think it was um, in an Italian lesson, lesson. yeah we yeah. had to learn Italian so we were going yeah. Italy but I didn't get kicked off then it was just like Adam you suspended again and then it was kind of like a 
I just had a chat with them and once you've gone through that many being suspended that many times it's like do I really want to come back here and no but that system's not for everyone yeah and I was like that at your age I wouldn't have tried I want to be told what to do I mean like a gerbil tell me what to do training wise don't all this rubbish I'll think for yourself write a training plan I don't want it that's why you're paid so I was the same I just never got exposed to that because you know I was came through earlier but that system's not for everyone it's too you know too you know kind of eastern block isn't it kind of we're all doing was, this yeah, all yeah, doing yeah. that ride to the track every day ride back wash your own bikes you know punishment wash the car it's like all right but yeah and Actually, it was probably the best thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, definitely. Because he got yeah, off yeah, his yeah, backside yeah, yeah. and went to Belgium and got himself a contract. He was always going to get a contract through racing in Belgium because that's what suits you. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. were never going to be a team pursuit, were you? No, exactly. And I think you, you know, might have got lost in that. So what, that's what we've created with Team Wiggins is, mm. you know, the academy's not for everyone. You don't have to be a track rider. That's why we brought the likes of Scott Davis, James Knox, all through my system. It's given him a second option. Joey Walker went to British Cycling after he's like, I need to get out of here. It's yeah, terrible. it's just not for everyone. Come to us. You know, and he's moved on to Madison Genesis and that, and you know, it's it's not for everyone. But I guess you know, because G and these guys all come through it. Cav, it was kind of like, oh, we've got to go through that, anyway, really. But it was, so, it, yeah. it was never put to you the alternative, was it? No, 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 no. I think you find the, uh, these days you find that one right, like Ethan Hayter is the guy at the moment. He's doing super well at feeding off a of British cycling and doing well with it, and he'll probably go on to Team Ineos and blah blah blah. But it's people like Team him, Haribo. Team Haribo. <laughs> he gets. It's like one in ten that might fit that bracket and can make it pro. The rest of them probably won't turn pro unless they go and do it elsewhere. And it's, I think it's just realizing that when you're young, it takes. It it's takes, hard though, isn't it? Too? Yeah, yeah. You you've only got one or two years to, to make that jump, and it's like, what do I waste a year? Yeah, and or I th- do I? You the know? problem is with British cycling now is that when you go into British cycling, it's like even now when I go. If I need a massage, I need to sort it out myself. It's ridiculous. I need to sort it out myself or washing my bike. I need to learn how to wash my bike. I've not got physio. I've not got inner soles being made for me. And all these lads who are 18, they've got all this on tap. They can go and get a bike fit done. They can go get this, that, and the other done. And it's like, this is not the real world. Mm. You'll go into a pro tour team if you do, and you'll have to take three steps back. It's completely different to what British cycling is, and I think that's a problem. A lot of guys go to that. And then they come back and they expect so much. It's like, well, I'm a pro. I expect this, that, and the other. Well, I'm, a, I'm this, that, and the other. It's it's not like that at all. You have to fend for yourself and take responsibility for yourself. And I think now that's why a lot of young lads struggle turning pro. Brad, what you've set up with Team Wiggins is that something that's deliberately not how British Cycling have done it. Well, in the sense that we're a mini pro team, yeah. you'll get great support, great bikes. I mean, just things like at British Cycling the Academy. It's like. You're gonna to have to use spoked wheels in the Tour of Britain. You're not having deep rim wheels. You're not having this. You know, it's like it's like it's almost like a cruelty thing. You know, like you know, we'll, you know, we'll we'll give you the rubbish stuff, and and then you'll appreciate when you turn pro. But it's mm. like if I don't have the good stuff now, I'm not gonna do the results to turn pro. It's like there's a fine line between being a, a cruel <laughs> wash your own bike. You know, it's like no, I actually will wash your bike. But I tell you what, go and stick your feet up and give me your all tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's you how know? it should be. I think the main thing. For I don't a think kid, why I have to be not... so cruel and say you can have the good wheels if you, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think nowadays, growing up as a kid, if you want to be a bike rider, just race, race your bike, be on a good team. It gives you a race program, and that's more than enough. You don't need to worry about getting inner soles made, physio, yeah. and this, that, and the other. Worry about that if you're trying to win the world or if you're trying to win Flanders, all that kind and of. And you were stuff, learning but... Italian, and you farted in it, and it's like, but he. Um, See, when, <laughs> when have you ever been to Italy? You did a Giro once, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, what use was it to him? Un bottle I didn't even enter for my GCSE French exam. French teacher told me I was a piece of. I ended up speaking it. You know, it's like you kind of. So, best thing that ever happened to Adam. Yeah. 
And life doesn't always take you the way you think it's going to. No. Okay, well, that's it for this episode of the Bradley Wiggins Show by Eurosport. Thanks to our sponsor, Lacquer. You can stay up to date with Brad on social media at... So we go. Plus, you can find Eurosport on Twitter and Instagram at Eurosport underscore UK. Plus, you can find us on Facebook. Many thanks again to Orla and to Adam for joining us. Adam, dedicated followers of fashion, can keep up to date with you on Twitter at... Adam Blythe 89. Adam Blythe 89. Orla will be back on our screens on Eurosport on Tuesday for Stage 16. If you need some live sport to scratch that itch, in the meantime, there's always the tennis. Eurosport will be bringing you all the action from the French Open at Roland Garros. Finally, from me, Graham Wilgos, it's goodbye. If you've enjoyed the show, please do subscribe, share and your send thoughts. Send a check for £10 in. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do that, great. Uh, rate us on your podcast platform of choice. We'll be back next week reflecting on the final stage of the Jared d'Italia. Give me one name before we go, chaps. Adam, who's going to end up in pink? I know we said this earlier. Carapaz. Carapaz for you. I'm still going Roglic at this stage. Roglic. It's Roglic for me as well. We'll see who's right next week. Thanks, chaps. Thank you. We'll see you next Monday. Cheers. The Bradley Wiggins Show is a Muddy Knees Media production for Eurosport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.